you're listening to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. We do this through our regular weekend services, life groups that meet throughout the week, and by helping people connect to their God-given purpose. Hey, ladies, we're so excited for our New England Women's Convention to return this May from Thursday, May 9th through Friday the 10th. If you haven't registered yet, head over to newconline.com. There you'll also find the convention schedule, files on the speakers, and more. This year's theme is when women gather, anything is possible. Come find out more about the woman of God you were meant to be. You'll hear from guest speaker Jen Tringale. Jen is an internationally known speaker, author, and strategist on Awakening Your Destiny. You'll also hear from our very own Pastor Verna Del Turco, among other New England ministers. This event is the perfect opportunity for women of every background and age group to gather together, to worship Jesus, celebrate one another, and strengthen their walk with God. We want to see you there. So ladies, visit newconline.com to register today. Now here's today's message. Amen. You ready for God's word today? Come on, let's pray. Father, thank you for this awesome opportunity we have to study your word today. We believe, Father God, that our hearts are open. We've, we've opened up our hearts to you because you are a loving God that cares about my every need. And so I, my heart is open now, ready to receive the incorruptible seed of your word today. And I believe that when it's sown on good ground, it produces massive fruit, massive fruit that will benefit every area of our lives. We'll always be so careful to give you all the honor, all the glory, all the praise. And we're so grateful that you love us so much that you won't leave us the way we are. You're always wanting us to blossom, to grow, to change, to be better. We've not arrived. And we thank you, Father God, that your word, your word will perfect that which concerns us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Welcome today. Welcome to part two uh, in our two-part series entitled Stuck in Yesterday's Pain. Stuck in Yesterday's Pain. I, I, I knew in my heart that after Easter, what a great, great five services we had for Easter, that there was several very important subjects that I just knew. I, I flat out understood that we were supposed to go where we have been going last week and this week. Stuck in yesterday's pain. None of us enjoy being stuck, but we've all been stuck at one time or another in our lives. We've been stuck in a bad relationship. We've been stuck in the darkness of a, of a, of, of a past season, a wrong thinking, destructive behavior. We've been stuck in the wrong job. Uh, we've, been, we've been stuck in, in the drama of life. Oh my goodness. And one thing that we all can agree with, it's no fun being stuck. Will you agree? No, no fun being stuck. In fact, it's overwhelming when we're stuck. In fact, we don't feel very good about ourselves when we are stuck. There's something wrong about being stuck. There's something just not right about being paralyzed in a season where we look, be, look back uh, from a year before and find ourselves still in the same place or a worse place than we found ourselves in in the first place. Over my years of dealing with a wide variety of people, I've come up with three areas that I believe really uh, cause people to be stuck in the pain more than anything else. We talked about two of those last week. We'll talk about the third one today. And last week, um, we talked about, I believe, two of the most debilitating strongholds we humans can experience, and that's guilt and shame. Wow. Guilt and shame. 
And I would encourage you to, to get online at intlfamilychurch.com and go to the media section. All the messages are archived. I don't have time to go over the amazing message, what God did last week. Oh, my Lord. It was, it was impressive. I was impressed with what the Holy Spirit did, what He did in your life and the life of the of friends and family that you brought to church last week. It was pretty amazing. I'm equally amazed by how many good people Good people that we love, good, hard-working people are stuck and enslaved in a third area. It's called bitterness. Bitterness. In my experience, I have found three varieties of bitter people. The first one is, I call them porcupines. They're a real prickly type. You get around them, and man, it's just obvious that they, you can't help but get hurt by them. And, and, and you want to get close, but the closer that you get, the more it seems to hurt because they're just all, everything out there, all the hurt and everything that's there is obvious. And, and the closer you get, the, the hurt, the more hurt that happens in your life. Not only are there porcupines, but there's also icebergs. Oh, they look really safe on the outside, look like pretty cool on the outside, but the closer you get, you realize that the part that can hurt you is the part you can't see, is right under the surface. There's a third variety of bitter people. I call them crybabies. Man, they whine and complain about everything. They're just, they point fingers, they blame everybody else, and, and it's just this constant whining and this constant irritation. And you know what? Those people, you can't wait till they go to sleep so you can have some peace. <laughs> right? Maybe you know some porcupines, some icebergs, some crybabies. Or take it a step further, maybe you are. I love you. A porcupine an iceberg, or a crybaby. Let's discuss this important message today. I believe it's going to help you. I believe it's going to be of great benefit to you as we understand uh, what we deal with when we're dealing with bitterness. A great place to get started is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. Uh, let's understand some things today. It says here, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, all as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Wow. Good words today. It says, get rid of all bitterness. Here the Apostle Paul instructs us some very important instructions here. And before we can begin to really understand how to get rid of it. We need to know what it is. But before we even do that, I want to give you the one big takeaway today. Here's the one main truth I want you to go home with. There's a lot we're going to discuss, but here's what you need to go home with. You need to understand this. The key to living free must be what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross, not what others have done to us. Now, it's very important. We'll unpack that today to help you understand what that means. But the key to living free must be what Jesus Christ has done for us, not what others have done to us. Wow. Why is this so critical? Because no one, no one makes, say it this way, nobody makes us bitter. Bitterness is a choice. We choose to respond to painful events in our lives in a bitter way. 
right? So no one can make you bitter. Before IFC started, this was in January of 1981, the year the church started. My wife and I were very discouraged. We were in separate rooms, um, wanting to leave the ministry, not happy. Uh, things were not going well. Our marriage wasn't going well. Life wasn't going well. Ministry was very challenging and difficult. And really in separate rooms, we decided that we would leave the ministry. That We, would, we, would, we didn't need all that was going on, all the drama that was happening at the time in our lives. And, and I opened up to my dad and my... As you remember, my dad gave me the best counsel he could possibly give me as I was making a decision to, to, to do something very different than I knew what my call was. And my dad said to me, you can be bitter or you could be better. Amen. And I am so grateful that way back in the day, I made my mind up to be better. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And we have a choice every day. Every day when we go through life, we have a choice to make that we can go down Bitter Avenue or Better Boulevard. It's your choice. It's up to you which direction you want to go in. Paul says, get rid of all bitterness. And he says, and be kind and compassionate one to another. Therefore, bitterness must go. But before it can be removed, it's necessary to know what it is right? And then what do we do about it so we can understand the nature of bitterness? It's pretty easy to recognize when somebody else is bitter, whether they're the porcupine, the iceberg, or, or the crybaby. It's pretty easy to spot a bitter person. Um, anyone who's been around enough times know, I think that person might be dealing with some bitterness. But it's much more difficult to admit that you're bitter, it's much more difficult to recognize your own bitterness. Easy to spot it in others, but very difficult to spot it in yourself. Amen. So it's important to have a good understanding of what bitterness really is all about. Let's give a few illustrations today to build my point today. Let's suppose that a Christian commits a sin. Let's just say they lied. And this Christian lied. Now, after this Christian comes to awareness of, of their lie, do they feel guilty or do they feel bitter? They would feel guilty, wouldn't they? They'd feel guilty. We talked about that last week. Absolutely, they would feel guilty. When we sin, we feel guilty. It's pretty straightforward. Now, let's suppose that someone told a lie about that same Christian and spread it all over town. What do we feel now? Guilt or bitter? Bitter, absolutely. And here's the point. Guilt is what we feel when we sin, and bitterness is what we feel when others sin against us. That's very important. That's very important. And begin to understand who qualifies, who's in this spot when we have dealt with issues in our own life and situations that each one of us go through. So for instance, if, if some terrible, tragic event happens in a faraway country, and, and how does that make us feel? Does that make us feel guilty? Does that make us feel bitter? Well, most likely what it does, it, it, it makes us shocked, right? It kind of overwhelms us. It's like, wow, that wasn't fair. That's not right. Oh my God, have, have mercy. All those feelings, but we're not necessarily feeling guilty or bitter about something that is way beyond our borders and way beyond our experience. Amen. Bitterness does not depend 
on how great the evil is. It depends on how close the other person is to you. That's very important. It's not about what happened way yonder someplace else, right? It's what happens right under your nose. It's what happens in the sphere of your influence. Amen. See, if it didn't, if it wasn't someone close to you, you wouldn't, you could care less about it. You would think, who are you? I don't know you, right? But it's when our heart is open, it's when our lives are open, when we become open to someone, or we've given and given and given our life, our time, our love, our money, our experience, our expertise, our willingness to help, our willingness to be a blessing. It's in that arena, right, where this opportunity can become a reality in our lives. So bitterness is related to those who are close to you. Who are the likely candidates? Oh, it's pretty obvious, right? Fathers, mothers, daughters, sons, right? Uh, Brothers, sisters, in-laws, uh, uh, pastors, boyfriends, girlfriends, roommates, immediate superiors, immediate subordinates, co-worker, business partners, other relatives, grandparents, and uncles, and others. And, and there are even people that are absolutely bitter against God, that they blame God for certain things and, and, and can't get beyond the fact that God did this to me somehow. See, bitterness is based upon the sin of someone else who is close to us and who did something to us. It might be minor, but it doesn't have to be great. It just has to be close. Are you here? Listen very carefully. Whether the offense is minor or major, the Bible never grants any one of us the right to be bitter. Our opening verse says, get rid of all bitterness. There is no ability, there is no place in the Bible where we're allowed to be bitter. There's no access. There's, if it's great or, or, or only in this category when it's the worst betrayal or stabbing in the back or uh, breaking of vows or whatever, and there we have the right to be bitter. No, there is no provision in the Bible for bitterness. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I get it. This is not going to be a run around the room message. I get it. We're not going to hang from the lights today. I understand that you might not even shout me down today. Let me tell you something. That's why I'm your pastor. Can I just be honest today? That's why I'm your pastor. Amen. And I'm committed to be a good shepherd. I'm committed to bring you to beside still waters. I'm committed to bring you to the pasture that you need. Amen. And that's the value of making sure that you're a part of a family where you belong, a family that will love you and care for you and, and, and even deal with subject matter that is not very easy to deal with. Amen. Why? Because God wants us free. God wants us to live in hope. God wants us to know there's new beginnings in our lives. God wants to know there's life beyond where you find yourself right now in that terrible place that you wonder, what's the future hold for me? The good news is God has already been in your tomorrows. He knows how to take care of you. He knows how to deal with all the issues that block the blessings in your life. You know what that is? That's called God's love. And even God's love will allow us to go at certain subject matters and topics that might not be our most favorite. It doesn't have to be your most favorite. You just have to have an open heart and let the Spirit of God have His way and His will in your heart today. 
Can I hear a big amen? amen. Romans 12, 15 gives us some more insight. I mean, Hebrews, thank you. Hebrews 12, 15 says, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. It's interesting here that it describes bitterness here as a root. A root is something that's underground and cannot be seen. But just because it cannot be seen doesn't mean it's not there. And oftentimes it'll begin to manifest and show up in places you didn't expect it to. So you have this beautiful tree in your front yard, and before you know it, one day you don't even realize it, and your sidewalk cracks. Then the next day you realize, oh my goodness, my, my driveway is kind of upheaving. It's, it's kind of up, and, and, and it doesn't look like it once did. Now it's, it's in a way that is now being destructive. You see, the tree and its roots... Oftentimes it's hard in certain flowering plants, right? Where you want to plant flowers, oh, there's too many roots there. So the roots are underground, but they can begin to let you know roots are beginning to grow and things are beginning to manifest in your life. Roots do other things. The fact is, is just because you can't see them doesn't mean they're not there. And it doesn't mean that you'll never see them. Why? Because roots, roots are always growing. You, they drink in nourishment, right? They're being fed, and they won't stay roots for long. Eventually, they can come up, and the fruit that is born bears a direct relationship to the root producing it. The roots of an apple tree provide us with apples. If there is a bitter root it will bear bitter fruit, right? So whatever the root is in our lives, it's only a matter of time before the fruit matches the root. You can't have one kind of root and another kind of fruit, no matter how positive you are, no matter uh, well, how optimistic you are, no matter how you see the glass half full in your life, if there's a bitter root, there's going to be bitter fruit. You just can't get away from it. It's just how it operates. It's no accident that God uses this picture, this imagery of roots describing a particular sin that can creep into our hearts. Bitterness. Bitterness. Here's what you need to know about bitterness. Bitterness is not a flashy sin. Bitterness is not an overt sin. Bitterness is not like anger. Everybody sees it. If you're Italian, your hands are going like crazy. The vein on the side of your neck is popping up. Your face is red, right? Your eyes are bulging out. You're, you're saying things and you're animated. Why? Because you're angry and you're thinking, what are you doing? Who are you, right? It's pretty obvious. Sin is a, uh, anger is a, one of those flashy sins, right? And then disobedience. All of a sudden, you have all this um, rotten fruit in your life because of disobedience. So there are certain sins that are just much more obvious than others. But see, bitterness is a sleeper sin. It sleeps. It's quiet for a while. It just kind of lays there, unbeknownst to you, but under the surface, 
it's growing and it's it's getting stronger. It's 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 getting deep into somebody's soul. It grows beneath the surface and deep down in the soil of your heart, man, this unhealthy, unproductive thing begins to grow and grow in your heart. But the but the author's warning in Hebrew is clear. The bitter root will one day sprout, and when it does, it will trouble you and corrupt many. That's what we're trying to avoid here today. We're trying to avoid it corrupting you and many. Corrupting you and, and, and hurting and delaying and getting you stuck in something yesterday and then what it does to other people. Amen. So it's a sleeper sin. In other words, if that bitter root keeps growing, there will be a harvest of pain for you and the people in your world. Wow, it's a weedy sin. That means it burrows in, in, into the soil of your heart. And we think that oftentimes, well, all I'll do is I'll just cut off the behavior of bitterness. I'll just get rid of anger. I'll just get rid of harsh words. I'll just get rid of slanderous words. I'll get rid of, you know, the, all types of evil behavior. If I can get rid of the anger, then, then the root will go away. Let me tell you something. That's the difference between bitterness. You can get rid of all, temporarily get rid of all the behavior, all the result of bitterness, but that doesn't take care of the root, Amen. right? You can have dandelions in your front yard. How many enjoy a nice green front yard and you can't stand when those dandelions begin to grow in your front yard, yeah. right? It's just like the devil, yang, 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 yang. I'm, I'm messing up your front yard. Um, you might not be as radical as I am about dandelions in your yard, but, but, but I get pretty radical about the silly dandelions in my front yard. I guess it's a suburban thing, so sorry. Okay. Um, if, we, if that was our biggest problems, right? But the point is, you can, you can just pluck that dandelion, it's all gone, right? Wrong. There's a root there, isn't there? And you can get rid of the yellow flower, but there's still a root that has to be taken care of. Wow. James 3, 14, listen, says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such, in quotes, haha, such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, oh my, these words get worse, demonic, and goes on to say, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Oh my, that's the truth right there. That's not Del Turco version. That's, that's straight from the Father's heart. That's why it's such an important subject. That's why it's so vital that we talk about this so, that, so there's not envy and selfish ambition in your heart. And there's not disorder in your life because let me tell you something, bitterness accumulates. Unless there's a solution to it, people don't get less bitter with maturity. Wow. You know, people grow up. Usually when a child is foolish, they grow up and become a teenager and a young adult, a young man, a young woman. Usually foolishness goes away. Wisdom replaces it, right? And, and hopefully the foolishness doesn't, doesn't stay and you're you know, 40, 50, 60 year old and you're still walking in foolishness. It's one of those things that usually the older you get, you start growing up. Certain attitudes, certain sneaking thinking can go away as you mature. But there are many people getting older, but they're not getting better. 
They're not getting better. Why? Because bitterness does not go away the older you get. It accumulates. It just gets worse. And you get more bitter over the years, and the more unintended, unattended it is, the worse it becomes. Wow. So how do we get rid of bitterness? Now, before we can get rid of bitterness, we have to realize, first of all, that we are bitter. And how can we tell if we're bitter? This is very important. With so much on the line, we have to ask ourselves the question. A question that maybe you've asked yourself, maybe you've never ever asked yourself, and maybe perhaps reality, you don't really need to ask it, but maybe, maybe some of the disorder, some of the craziness, some of the being stuck in your life is due to the fact that there's bitterness in your heart, and you need to ask yourself the question, am I bitter? Am I bitter? I'm not trying to make you find something that's not there today, but am I bitter? Since bitterness is a sleep or sin, the answer always isn't obvious. And here are four questions to help you spot a bitter root. Question number one, am I replaying the tapes? Hmm. Bitterness remembers details. We can have thousands of conversations. And most of those, we don't even remember all the details of those conversations. But we can have one conversation, and we remember where the sun was in the sky. <laughs> oh, yeah. We remember the robins were chirping. We remember what was on television, what we had for breakfast, the tone of that person's voice, the look in their eye. We remember details. Oh, my. Oh, it's like, what? Did that just happen yesterday? Five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. And we know details. Why? Because we keep replaying the same tapes over and over again. Total strangers are hearing your story. You're flying someplace, and in the left seat, somebody opens up their heart. You begin to talk, and before you know it, details. Total stranger, right? Friends, people, oh, they're thinking to themselves, how many times do I have to hear this same story over and over again? You want to know when your red flag should go up, you keep playing the same thing over and over. And if you're not careful, you're in that place where, where the red flag should go up in your heart realizing, wait, 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 yeah, that's, that's kind of what I do. Second question. Is my mouth out of control? <laughs> Romans 3.14 says, Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. There's a connection, listen, between, between the junk that comes out of your mouth and the bitterness that takes root in your heart. Wow. And when your mouth just, you, you try your best to keep it quiet, you see out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. When a root of bitterness is in your heart, you can't help yourself. You will say something. Maybe you get better at when you do or who you say it to, but man, it never fails. You find yourself losing your cool and being critical and snappy and rude, and you can't rejoice when other people get blessed. You can't rejoice when those, those situations are, are turning out not like you thought they might, and maybe the sin uh, of, of bitterness is in your life and your mouth is giving you away, and what's growing in your heart starts coming out of your mouth, and if, if, if you are trying to deal with the way you 
you speak and you're not gaining ground and these words keep coming up, you, you need to dig a little deeper because there's, there's a root problem that must be dealt with. Third question, am I sick? I'm not suggesting that everyone who deals with reoccurring sickness has bitterness in his or her heart. Absolutely not. But I am suggesting that scientists have legitimately concluded that bitterness, if left unchecked, interferes with the body's hormonal and immune systems, no doubt, causing bitter people to be more likely to have related diseases and other illnesses. Wow. I mean, that's the real deal. I mean, that's just public knowledge. That's in any kind of medical book that you can think of that that is a real deal. Something to consider that says to me, maybe I do have a root of bitterness in my heart. Fourth question we need to ask is this. Is my clan bitter? <laughs> a bitter root. Hebrews twelve fifteen is first described in Deuteronomy 29, 18. Here's what it says. I'm making this covenant with you so that no one among you, no man, no woman, clan or tribe, will turn away from the Lord our God to worship these gods of other nations. And so that no root among you bears bitter and poisonous fruit. Wow. What does this mean? This is like all weeds Bitterness has a way of spreading. This passage describes one possible progression. A man infects his wife. She infects her children. And bitterness spreads. And soon the whole tribe is infected. I see it happening over and over again. Amen. One person gets infected, spreads it to another person. And before you know it, there's a whole family. There are just a bunch of friends. There are scenarios where now we can tell this is no longer just a person. This is now a clan or a tribe. Is your marriage marked by bitterness? Or are your children bitter? Does your group of friends tend to sit around and gripe? Is, is your church filled with angry people and with harsh people? Is your community uh, prone to blaming others? Um, are, are you on the outskirts looking in? Are you not a part of the, of the, the strength of the body of Christ and you're kind of on the fringes, pointing fingers, blaming, having some kind of criticism and, 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 and trying your best to wax wise about what's the problem with the rest of the body of Christ? Who died and left you, boss? Is it possible that your own bitterness has a ripple effect that this poisonous root has burrowed past deep in your heart and into the hearts of people you love? See, we fool ourselves when we think that no one knows. No one knows. But anger and resentment have a way of seeping into everything. Ever been around a bonfire and you go home and you stink? Yeah. Yeah. I was recently at Pastor Josh's house. <laughs> I'm not saying he stinks. I'm not saying his house stinks. I'm just saying, here's the example. 
he had a bonfire going. There was a bunch of us around the bonfire. It was great. The cackle, the crackle, the everything else, right? It's beautiful. But the wind just went all over the map. There's no place you could stand. You stopped over here, right? And the wind changed its course and went over here. Well, it, that's all good and bad. God, that's fine. I went home and walked into the bedroom. My wife said, you're not coming in here smelling like that. <laughs> It was up my nose, it was in my ears, it was in my hair. I had to throw my clothes in the washing machine and go in the shower because Verna wasn't having any bit of it. As wonderful as that bonfire was, right, that smoke seeped into everything about me. You get the point, right? Wow. Yes, resentment is like a beach ball. And you do your best in that pool, that pool in my backyard. I'll push that, that, that beach ball down and keep it there, keep it there. But you know what? It never stays down, does it? No. You release that beach ball, what happens? Whoops, pops right back up, right? Splashes you and everybody around you. That's the root of bitterness. Why is it so hard to get rid of bitterness? Why? See, if I tell a lie, I have to acknowledge I told a lie. I have to recognize that I was the one who spread that lie. When you do the same thing about bitterness. Amen. Listen, but instead the temptation is to look at the offender. Look at what he did. Look at what she did. That's the nature of bitterness. That's what makes it such a sleepy, pervasive kind of, of, of root because it's there, but we blame that it's there because of what you did to me. What you said to me how you walked out on me, how you hurt my feelings. Wow. In order to get rid of bitterness, listen very carefully, in order to eradicate bitterness, I need to recognize that it is my problem before I can acknowledge it and forsake it. That's how bitterness hides. We, it hides because we don't take ownership of it. The only way to get rid of it is to own it. Wow. The bitter person must first recognize that he or she is actually bitter. And secondly, that it's a gross evil. And the reason why people do not deal with this because it's the sin of another person that I focus on, not the fact that I've opened up my heart to the sin of bitterness. It's okay if you get quiet over this last part. Remember what our big takeaway was? The key to living fully free must be what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross, not what others have done to us. I've heard people say, well, when she quits lying, it'll all change. When he finally says, I'm sorry, and, and crawls down and kisses my feet, shows me how pain it is and how hurtful he is right now, then, then I'll change my mind. Or when she finally does this, and I, you see, because I have a right to be bitter. You don't get what they did to me. You don't get that my, my life was ruined. My heart was broken into a million pieces. You don't understand what it did to my self-esteem, what it did to me as a person, what it did to me in, in my understanding and, and, and so forth. But suppose she does not quit. Suppose he does not quit. Amen. Are you going to be bitter the rest of your life because somebody else insists on being in sin? It doesn't make sense. It's like knowing you're going in the wrong direction, but you'll say, you know what? I'll eventually get there because if I keep going straight, I'll go around the world and eventually get there. You don't do that, do you? You do what? When you know you're going the wrong way, what do you do? 
Hopefully you're smart enough to stop, make a U-turn, right? And hear the GPS say, stupid. Make a U-turn, right? It's always a female voice. That's another subject. Always ganging up on us. I don't know what it is, right? You change directions. In order to eradicate bitterness, I have to see that it is evil and that it is my sin and my sin alone. I don't eradicate it when the the person finally says, I'm sorry. I don't eradicate it when the other person quits or dies. I don't eradicate it in any other way except calling it for what it is. A sin against the holy God. Acknowledge it. Receive forgiveness. And choose a better today and tomorrow. Choose to go down better boulevard every day. One last thought and we'll close. Living free from bitterness comes by focusing on what we do have, not on what we don't have. That's the trap of bitterness. Pastor, you don't get it. You don't get what I lost. I lost my innocence. I'll never get those years back. Pastor, I lost all this money. I lost all my friends. I lost everything. You don't get it. How can I ever get that back? I lost my business. I lost money. I lost my family. I lost the relationship with my kids. I, I, and we're, we're counting. We make this list of what we no longer have. And what does that do? It makes bitterness grow. I don't have peace anymore. I don't have joy anymore. You got a chip on your shoulder. Everybody owes you what I don't have, what I don't have, what I don't have. Living fully free comes by focusing on what we do have. We have a God that loves us. We are more than conquerors. We have a tomorrow to get to. We're not done yet. We have an expected end. We have a plan, a purpose, and a direction. We have a better life waiting for us. We can be bitter. We can be better. But there's better waiting for you when you quit blaming everybody else, when you quit only looking at what I lost, and you realize what you have in Christ, what he's done for you, not what everybody else has done to you. For what Christ has done for you blows the doors off of what others have done to you. That's why bitterness is such one of those pervasive, sleeping, demonic things because how it hides and convinces us of other things that are just not true. And no wonder why so many people remain bitter. We must do a much better job focusing on what what we do have and not on what we don't. How can God give you more when you're trying to hold on to what was lost? You got to do, you got to open up your hand before God can fill it up again. You got to let it go. Am I saying it's easy? No. But here we are by the Spirit of God today in His presence, under the direction of the head of the church. I can't think of a better opportunity for you and me to have a God moment where we settle it and we eradicate it. And we take it by the root and say, you're not welcome here any longer. I'm done living with you. I'm done you being my roommate. 
I'm done you going to bed with me every night. I'm done with you waking up every morning and there you are again. I'm done in the afternoon, in my darkest hour. There you are sneering at me. There you are reminding me of what I don't have. I'm done with you. And unless you realize what God has done for you through Jesus Christ, you'll always be a victim and you'll always be a whiner and you'll always be a crybaby and you'll always be a porcupine and you'll always be an iceberg when in fact God says you are more than a conqueror and it's time to stand up and be who God made you to be. Glory to God. Amen. Now that's the word of the Lord today. Whew. Man, I can feel it in my toes today. That's coming from a deep place today. Why? Because God wants you free. And because God wants you free, I want you free. It's not about me. It's all about what he wants for you. Let's bow our heads, please. You don't have to be in church for a very long time to realize that God's presence is in this room today. He's here. Jesus is here. We know where two or more are gathered. He says in his word, I'm in the midst of them. Not only is he here, but he's here on assignment today. Ha <laughs> ha and that assignment is to eradicate bitterness out of the hearts of good people that have been stuck way too long. But it's time to move forward. It's time to release that person. It's time to forgive that person. But even before that, you're going to have to stir up the courage in your heart and say, oh God, I am a bitter person. I don't want to admit it. But it's just obvious that I'm still dealing with some bitterness. It might be the last portion of that route. It might be just the beginning of your journey of freedom. There's something liberating. You're not a bad person, and we're not judging you today. There's no judgment here in this church. No, this is a, a judgment-free zone. Been there, done that. Bought the t-shirt. Burned a t-shirt. First things first is to admit, I am bitter, but then don't stay there. Don't beat yourself up over it. Then you recognize, I am, but you're greater. Your spirit is here. Forgive me. It's like any other sin. Father, forgive me. I... I, I've sinned against you, myself, others, and ask him to forgive you today. And then sometimes the most difficult thing that I've had to do is then start praying for the person or the persons that started this cycle. Bless them, Father, I forgive them. Lord, change their life. Lord, bless them. I don't know how you're going to do it. Doesn't mean you become buddies. Doesn't mean you're going over each other's house for dinner. 
you admit that I have bitterness, you ask God to forgive you, then you release that person. Say, Father, I release him, I release her, I release them. Might be a whole group of people. It could be a pastor, it could be a church, it could be a business, it could be a boss, a whole family, a whole side of the family. It's not worth it anymore. It hurts too much. Father, thank you, Father, that in your presence we, we make that choice. In your presence we yield to that right now. And only by your Spirit, the strength that only you can give us, we make that choice. If we could do it in our human strength, we would have done it a long time ago. But with your help, and Holy Spirit, because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's in this room today. And all those that will watch this back either on the podcast or online, I believe that same Spirit will be there when they hear it again as if it was the first time they heard it to bring victory and liberty into their lives. I'm not trying to waste time this morning. I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to have a God moment in your life today. I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to do some deeper surgery in your heart. Thank you, Father. As He applies His grace, talking about a weed killer, as He applies His grace on that root. We believe by faith that we are free and we will no longer be bitter people in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. Thank you, Father. If you're able, won't you raise those hands towards heaven today? Tell the Lord you love him right now. Come on. Thank him. I'm free. I am no longer a bitter person. I let it go. I understand. Your will be done. I will no longer coexist with bitterness. Another moment in my life. There's just too much life to live. There's too much joy to come. There's too many blessings on the way. There's too much love, fulfillment, joy waiting for me. What's on the other side of being free from bitterness? Oh my, it's just the blessings of God that He wants to overwhelm you. He wants to bless you. He loves you. He has abundance waiting for you. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. (laughs) oh thank you father now begin to thank him for a moment that you are free just begin to say thank you father for your love thank you I'm a free man I'm a free woman I will not coexist with bitterness of the day in my life in Jesus name I will no longer allow it to be in my life I'm aware now I'm alert now I understand now I'm held accountable for what I know now Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Father. We bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. With every head bowed, please, every believer praying with me. Pastor Mo will come in just a moment and close the service, but before the service is over, listen very carefully. You're here and you say, Pastor, I need Jesus today. I need him. I need his forgiveness. I need his love. I, I, I want a new beginning. I can't do this by myself. I, I, I need my sins forgiven. I want heaven to be my home. I want a, a new beginning, a brand new start. I want to be right with God. I'm done doing it my way. I say, Pastor, pray for me, please. I need Jesus to live in my heart. I want a brand new beginning today. If that's you today, I want to pray for you. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. By raising your hand, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm just saying, I want you to acknowledge, I have a need, and his name is Jesus. And I want him in my heart. And I need him in my life. And I want him to forgive me from my sin. I want a brand new start today. I say, Pastor, I need Jesus today. Pray for me. If that's you, will you raise your hand nice and high today? Yeah, thank you. 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 Wow. Yeah, I see it, ushers. Thank you. Back there. Thank you, ma'am. Guests, thank you. Over here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Raise it up. Yes, thank you. I see it. Good for you. Thank you. I see it. Thank you. I see it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And quite a few hands here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, yeah, I see it. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. I see it. All the way in the back. Thank you. I see it. Yep. God bless you. Awesome. My, 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 my. Yeah, thank you. I see it. Good for you. Thank you. Yes, ma'am, I see it. Up here in our second row, thank you. Good for you. I love it. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. I mean, if you could see the look on people's faces and the tears that are streaming down their cheeks. Oh, my goodness. And the emotion that's in the room today. Wow. Only God can do that. Only Jesus. <laughs> Men, we're not, women, we're not capable of the work of the Spirit that's taking place right now. Only God. Only God. We're going to pray in a moment. Anybody else? Ask me, Pastor, I need Jesus today. I'm done doing it my way. Anybody else? Join us online, please. This applies to you too. Let's all pray this prayer together, then Pastor Mo will come. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. The real me. You know everything about me. Yet somehow you still love me. Thank you. Forgive me from my sin. I denounce my past. I want to live for you, Jesus. I declare you as my Lord, my Savior. I come up under your Lordship. You are the boss. You're in charge now. I receive by faith forgiveness, salvation, eternal life. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times or how you can get involved, please visit inclfamilychurch.com for more information. 
Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.